Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Frankie's Mama Reads. I cannot believe it is episode 14. Wait, what? What's the date today? Mm, Let me, hold on, let me check. I'll just see if the radio says the date. basically at the halfway point. And I don't know about you, but I am not where I need to be to reach my goal for how many books I've read in 2020. Now, if your reason for being a little bit behind on your reading goal is because of a reading slump, then may I please suggest episode 5 of Frankie's Mama Reads, the podcast, because I talked about how to get over a reading slump. One of those ways was to read short books, or a short book, to kind of start up your love of reading again. Now, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about short books, but the reason is not because of a reading slump. The reason is because If you're a few books behind on your goal, then the best way to get caught up, in my opinion, is to read a few short books. So, I am going to be giving you 10 short books that you can read now to get caught up so fast. So, so fast. So, my criteria for a short book was a book that is under 200 pages. Now, the issue here is that some of these books have been published multiple, multiple times. So I went with either the copy that I have or what Goodreads says. I also did a little bit of research and looked at multiple copies to see. So for example, I had one book that did not make the cut, even though I really, really wanted to add it. In my book, it was 180 pages because it's like the original edition. I mean, not a first edition or anything, but it's like just an old... I don't know, 1963 edition of an Agatha Christie book. So in 1963, it was 180 pages. But today, in the normal, like, modern copies of this book, it's 256 pages. So that's not quite a short book. Definitely not under 200 pages, which was my criteria. All right, with that long tangent over, let's get to the books. I am going to start with the longest book on the list, and work my way down to the shortest book on the list. So the longest book on my list also happens to be the saddest book on my list. So if you're looking for something just a little bit longer and a lot bit sadder, I have the book for you. In that book is The Boy in the Striped Pajamas by John Boyne. So this book is far from new. So you might have heard of it already. You may have also seen the movie that is based on this book. The Boy in the Striped Pajamas alludes to the 
striped outfit that the boy wears because he lives in Auschwitz. So yeah, I mentioned it's sad. It is. It is very, very sad. But it's a short book. So it's not a very long, drawn-out book about the Holocaust. It comes in at 213 pages. So I know I just said that a short book is... A book that is under 200 pages. But I just had to include it because it is one of my favorite books. I did give it a 5 avocado rating. The movie is also very good and I believe you can find it on Netflix. But read the book first because A, always read the book first and B, you're looking for books to help you get caught up. Now, I don't want to give away a lot about this book. For one, it's short. Also, it's just impactful if you read it and learn about everything in the book. So I'm simply going to read the Goodreads book description, which is super short. It reads, If you start to read this book, you will go on a journey with a nine-year-old boy named Bruno. Though this isn't a book for nine-year-olds. And sooner or later, you will arrive with Bruno at a fence. Fences like this exist all over the world. We hope you never have to encounter one. If you are in an okay headspace to take on a sad book like this, then check out The Boy in the Striped Pajamas by John Boyne. If you are not, that is totally okay. Let's move on to the next book. The next book I have actually talked about before on episode 7 called Fictional Mother's Real Love. So, this book has a lot to do with a mother-son relationship. That book is For One More Day by Mitch Album. So, this book is 197 pages, so meets the criteria of under 200 with ease. And it has a 4.11 rating on Goodreads. Now, I realize I did not tell you the rating on Goodreads for The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. That book had a 4.15 rating. So, both of these books have very strong ratings on Goodreads. For One More Day is not as sad by any means as The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, but it's also not an uplifting book necessarily. So, if you're looking for a pick-me-up, maybe fast-forward this one a little bit. But since I've already talked about this book before, I'm not going to go into a whole lot. The story follows a character named Chick Bonetto, and Chick is definitely struggling. He has dealt with addiction before, he's lost his family, and he has made choices in his life that have caused him to distance himself from his mother. At the place where the book starts, the point where it starts in his timeline, he has recently decided to take his own life. So he goes back to his hometown and decides he's going to do it there. But his attempt at killing himself actually fails. So he decides to go back to his old house where he finds his mother. Except his mother died years ago, and now he's 
being given this chance to spend one more day with his mother. The narrator in the book is Chick, so he's telling us the story about this day that he spent with his mother, and then in between each chapter, for the most part, he switches back to tell us about something that happened in the past with his mother, or how he mistreated her, or disrespected her, or some example of this relationship choice that he made. So the book reads very fast. It, it is a short book, but it reads even quicker. I think I read this one in one day. So this would be a great book to pick up, quickly read, and add to your list of books that you have read this year. Okay, the next book on the list is 193 pages plus an afterword, which brings it to 205 pages. Ebook, ebook that is under 200 pages. Okay, so this one is another one that's a little bit of a fudge, but maybe you don't read the afterword. I hope you do, but maybe you don't, so then it's under 200, right? And that book is Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Now, I want to talk about this book for a few reasons. If you went to an elementary or, I guess, high school that was predominantly white or predominantly not black, you may not have read this in your high school. But if you went to a high school that was predominantly black, this might have and probably was required reading at your school. It is a classic African-American literature piece. Zora Neale Hurston is like one of the queens of lit. So if you haven't read it already, this is definitely a must read. This story is told as a conversation um, between two friends. So our main character has been gone for about 40 years, I believe, and she comes back and she's talking to her friend. So the story is framed like, meaning it starts off with, hey, she's back, and the lady's like, where have you been? And then the story is told, and now she's, it ends with her back on this porch or in the house or wherever, telling the story. So that right there tells you it could be read pretty quickly since it's told in one sitting. Um, if you want to read 200 pages in one sitting, totally go for it. It's a very good book. It has themes of race, gender, love. It came out in the 30s, I believe. And it's such an interesting story. It deals with love, heartbreak, just so many different things. And it definitely is something, I think, that can still be relatable today. Um, especially today, possibly, with the racism aspect of it. The afterword in this version is by Henry Louis Gates. It's very good, worth the read. I don't know what other versions have, if they still have that one. I only have this version. But I highly suggest this book if you need a short book, and even if you don't, because it is just that good. And like I said, it's a classic. So a classic that I would highly suggest. Okay, this brings me to my next book, which is 193 pages all-inclusive, and is also by Zora Neale Hurston. This is her second book on this list and the last book of hers on this list, but obviously, as you can tell, I think she's an amazing author or was an amazing author. 
So this book is called Barracoon. Again, if you have not read it, I highly recommend picking it up. So the full title is Barracoon, the story of the last quote-unquote black cargo. So this is a book that she wrote after interviewing the last surviving uh, slave. So he was part of the slave trade, as in was on a ship, was brought from Africa, became a slave. And so this account is amazing that we have it in the first place. Uh, His name was Cujo, Cujo Lewis, really. And he talks all about being brought from Africa to Alabama, being on a ship, being held in a barracoon. This book, like the others, reads very fast. It does have some appendix and introductions afterwards, these types of things. So that also adds to the page numbers, which is already a pretty short book. So I highly recommend this one as well. It will read very fast and not only will it help you reach your goal of getting a certain number of books read this year, but it will also expand your knowledge of our history in this country and our history of slavery and therefore racism. All right, so the next book comes in at 192 pages, and it has a 3.64 rating on Goodreads, so not the highest of the books, but that book is Enter the Aardvark by Jessica Anthony. Now, if you listened last week, you heard me talk about this book, because that's what I was reading last week. So I finished it, and I really liked it. It's a very good book. It's short. It's very short. But Jessica Anthony is actually a short story writer, so that explains a lot. And she's her most of her stories are actually shorter than this. So if you're looking for short stories to read, then check out Jessica Anthony. But be warned, this book is pretty strange. So I mentioned last week that it's political but also deals with taxidermy and just has a lot going on in a short book. So pretty cool that there's so many things packed in to this book. But basically we have a young congressman who is our protagonist. He is very conservative Republican. He idolizes Ronald Reagan to an extreme and he has a huge secret that he is keeping, which is that he is involved with men, not women. He's a single congressman, he's not married, and that's part of what his staff is trying to change, is to get him married, because it's always better to be married in politicians for politicians, but he's not. And he's very much against LGBT legislation that comes up. So he's got this huge secret. And one day, he receives on his front porch this taxidermied aardvark from UPS. It's like in this big box. And this just starts a series of events that makes his secrets not so secret anymore. So when you pick up this book, you're going to learn more about taxidermy than you ever thought you'd know. At least I did, because I knew zero, zilch, nada. I learned a whole lot more. It also has a little bit of history in there, so if you like 
uh, added spice of history, then this book is for you. All right, so speaking of last week, and before I continue with the list of short books, this brings me to my newest weekly segment. What you reading? What you reading? What you reading? What you reading? All right, so this week I just started a new book. It came out this year, and it is called Miss Cecily's Recipes for Exceptional Ladies. Despite the title, we actually have two main characters. So we have Miss Cecily, who is 97, but we also have Kate Parker, who just turned 40. And when she turned 40, her life kind of started to fall apart, just all sorts of things. So she has started volunteering at the Lauderdale House for Exceptional Ladies, and that is where she meets Miss Cecily. So Miss Cecily is pretty cool. She's like a very quick-witted 97-year-old, but she's also kind of over the BS, and she's not a big fan of Kate's life choices that she's made. Not in a judgy way, but more of a girl-get-your-stuff-together type of way. So she gives Cecily this 1950s cookbook, which is, it's really a self-help book, but it's like food for thought. So it's got recipes to help you feel better. So far, it's really cute. And they have this really cool friendship, like unlikely friendship. And I recommend it, even though I haven't finished it yet. I will do a review once I do finish it. Uh, but pretty cool book. All right, back to the list. So the next book is 163 pages, and it is Convenience Store Woman by Sayaka Murata. So she is a Japanese author. This is a very short book, and it's pretty interesting. It's it's a little different than what you may have read before. At least it's different from what I've read. Um, it is about a woman who works at a convenience store. And in Japan, convenience stores are very, well, I think most stores are very organized, very structured. There's rules to where everything goes, how you dress, how you appear, everything. But the main character in her everyday life does not necessarily follow the social expectations. She doesn't quite fit in with what is the norm. So, without saying it, she's basically an asexual character, and that works for her, but it doesn't necessarily work for the society that she's in. So by working at this convenience store, she's able to blend in, fit in, and follow the very strict rules so that she appears to be just like everybody else. And so, it's a short book. I don't want to give you a whole lot more information, but there's a pseudo-ish relationship storyline here. A lot of interesting stuff. It is really funny, so don't think this is going to be something super sad. There's some sad parts. There's some like, oh, you know, that's a little sad, but it's got a lot of really funny parts too, so it's very fast, obviously. It's kind of a novella, really, with the length that this one is. But it came out in 2016. It won some awards in Japan. So it actually reminds me of this one person that I saw on last season of Queer Eye. There was a woman 
uh, who was, because they did Tokyo, there was a woman who worked kind of like a, a corporate type of job, but in her regular everyday, she was more like into anime and stuff. That, this character in this book reminds me of that woman. So if you saw that episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. The next book on the list is also about defying societal norms in a way. So this book is 121 pages in the copy that I have, but I will say it does reach 176 in modern copies. So I have a Dover Thrift edition, so it's like a classic edition, um, but 176 still hits under 200, so I'm good. The book is Herland by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. So this is a feminist classic. Um, you may have heard of Charlotte Perkins Gilman. She wrote The Yellow Wallpaper. But this is, which is like a short story. I think that one's shorter than this. But this book is really interesting. It is set in the early 1900s in an all-female society known as Herland, which is thriving. Now, three male sociologists hear about it, and they're like, we want to see what's going on at Herland. Is it real? So they arrive, and they see that Herland has advanced agricultural and infrastructure. So these three men assume that there must be men there because of these wonderful advancements. But there's not. They find that out. And the women are open to men, you know, having relationships with men, um, it explains how they're able to be an all-female society for this many years. It's like, I think, 2,000 years or something. That's That part of the story is explained. But they're open to having relationships, so relationships do begin with these men. The problem is the struggle of gender roles, because the men automatically assume that they are the leaders of the relationship where the women are like yo we've been doing stuff just fine like we're good we don't need you to you know take in the trash per se so it's an interesting book it, it deals with the gender roles and it's such an old book to be dealing with a socialist society and a all-female society is this book a little bit outdated? Yes, definitely so. Is it the all-time best feminist book? No, but it's short, it is good, and it will help you reach your goal for the year. Okay, the next book is also 121 pages, but it reads so much faster because it is a graphic novel. It is also written by John Lewis. Yes, that John Lewis, the one who marched. Because the book is called March, book one. So there is March, book one, book two, and book three. But today I'm just going to talk about book one. So this came out in 2013. And it is John Lewis's first-hand account of the civil rights movement and just his upbringing. So book one deals with um, him as a child all the way up till the civil rights movement. 
even if graphic novels aren't normally your thing, this might be a book, a graphic novel that you would want to check out, especially if you do like history or if you're just very in tune with what's going on right now. I know it's now the third book on the list that has mentioned racism, especially racism in America, but I just feel like that's so important for us to read about, stay tuned to, and just know the history. Because when you read March, you'll see that some of the stuff that John Lewis dealt with back when he was a child is stuff that people are still dealing with in our country. So I highly recommend this one as well. And it will help you boost your numbers for the year. Okay, now I just realized I skipped a book. So this next book is actually 156 pages. So it's a little bit more than the last few. And modern day books, copies of this one, I have a Dover Mystery Classics version. The modern print has 202 pages. I know. Ignore it. 156 in my copy. Pick up Dover Mystery Classics if you need to feel like you're reading less than 200 pages. That book is The Red House Mystery by A.A. Milne. Have you heard of A.A. Milne? If you don't recognize the name, you will most definitely recognize A.A. Milne's most famous work, which is Winnie the Pooh. So aside from being a wonderful creator of the wonderful Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore 2, A.A. Milne was also a very prominent author of books for adults, including whodunits. So The Red House Mystery is a classic whodunit, and it's really cool, and it's a quick read. And it's a closed-circuit mystery, which means it all takes place in one location. So this one takes place in The Red House. Now, it's British, in case you didn't know, Winnie the Pooh is also British. So, the Red House actually reminded me of Downton Abbey. It's got, it, it starts off with these two characters, which remind me of Mrs. Potmore, and that young, the young maid who worked in the kitchen, I am blanking on her name, but it reminded me of those two characters because they're having this gossipy kind of conversation like, oh, I heard Mr. So-and-so's brother's coming to town. And Mrs. Potmore-style character is like, Mr. So-and-so never mentioned he had a brother. Who is this man? He's coming from Australia. All this chit-chat gossip, which is just really fun, not too dark, and it reads really fast. So even if you get the book that has 202 pages you'll still feel like you're reading a very fast book. It is an older book, and it's British, so just know going in some of the words and language might feel like you're reading Dickens at times. You're not. It's just a cool Agatha Christie-ish type of mystery book. All right, for this last book, we will come back from over the pond into a Latino suburb of Chicago, for the book, The House on Mango Street. This book is only 110 pages, 
and it's written in little short vignette style, so not all the pages are full. So it's a very, very short book. This book follows a girl named Esperanza Cordero, and she's growing up in Chicago in this Latin suburb, like I mentioned, and it's just little stories about her upbringing. So at times it is heartbreaking, at times it is heartwarming, but either way, the whole time it reads fast, and it's very short. So it is choppy because of the way it's written. It's kind of made so that you can put it down and pick it up at any point and just have something quick to read. So it's perfect if you just have a few minutes here, a few minutes there. It is a Latin classic, so this is definitely something I also would recommend. As you can tell from this list, I tried to be very diverse in what I am uh, presenting so that we've got options because... Everybody writes short stories or short-ish books. So there's a big group of diversity on this episode. And I am trying to make sure that I present diverse books going forward anyway. I do read fairly diverse, but I'm always striving to read even more diverse books. So The House on Mango Street is an amazing book to pick up reads very quick, and it's something that I actually did not know about until college, but I had to read it in college, and I was so glad that I did. So I highly recommend it again. I do hope that this list has helped you find something that might be quick to pick up and add to your book count, or at least given you the inspiration to go find a few short books to quickly read over the weekend and catch up on your goal. Either way, as always, you should enjoy reading, and until next week, keep on reading.